Welcome to the Solar Sales Podcast. My name is Tyler, and I am the CEO at a solar installation company. And I'm John Maxey. I'm also a guest here on the show. I am an executive with the solar installation company. The background in finance. And my background is in construction. So John and I figured that we team up. We get asked a lot of questions by a lot of uh, a lot of new sales reps, people starting out, or even guys that have been in the industry for a really long time. And we wanted to start this podcast to answer a lot of their questions in a platform that was a bit more accessible to the public. Sure. And it's a lot of information that we're going to be covering. We've, we, we deal with all things solar. So from the finance side, which is my specialty, to sales, marketing, installation, uh, anything that has to do with, with the whole process of going solar. Uh, there's many questions that, that customers have, many questions that the reps have. And this podcast is designed uh, really for... Uh, anybody that's involved in the industry. So if you're uh, getting started in a phone room, let's say, for solar, and you want to know the language and, and how everything works, um, maybe you're on an installation crew, right? And then, you know, I think the majority of our, our listeners are going to be people in the industry chasing that that big money uh, that comes with selling solar. So we're excited about the, the show. You want to give them a little uh, idea of the format, how we're going to go about doing the show. Yeah, so we start out um, obviously doing a one-on-one. So John and I talk a little bit about a lot of the topics that you guys either send in or questions that we just get asked or emailed all the time. Um, We'll talk a little bit about those. Uh, It'll be something different every single week. Um, And then we go into our sales reps portion. So we interview a sales rep or sometimes a panel um, to hear some information about them, how they got started, some crazy experiences that they've had. And then also what their secret sauce is that sets them apart from each other and everybody else. Um, uh, Following that, we do our honest take, which is a review on finance or equipment. Um, And then we'll get an operations view of that as well. So it's not just so heavily centered on sales. Um, And then if time permits, we'll go over some news and things in the industry and kind of recent events happening. Sure. Any rules or uh, things that we should know about our podcast? (laughs) Are we going to let loose or are we going to be conservative? Um, well, I mean, this whole thing was designed to be a little flexible, so maybe we can kind of try to keep it PG-13, just sure. so that way we can have more of an inclusive audience, but I guess we'll we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, one thing that I really wanted to uh, make a precedence on this is that this is not a platform for John or myself to advertise the services that we offer. This is something that we are genuinely doing to try to help out the industry, mm-hmm. um, provide a lot of value, and also stuff where we can record this and we can send these links, these podcast links, to our reps that have a bunch of questions. Where it's sure. like, oh yeah, I covered that in episode three. <laughs> like, go, go check <laughs> that extent, out. Right, like especially when you have uh, guest speakers on that have excelled in their in their craft, um, being able to hear from them, you know, what works, what doesn't work, I think is extremely valuable. I know in my past. Uh, careers i've always just like looking at the top dogs seeing how they do it and um and then making it my own so yeah there's so many tools out there and so much stuff and so we just really wanted to give our honest take as people that are really in the thick of it mm-hmm. dealing with all these companies uh you know working with a lot of different sales reps with a lot of different backgrounds um and give our honest review um and their honest review of what works for them Right. There's so many things. There's so much smoke and mirrors, especially when it comes to solar and, and you know solar sales in particular. A lot of misinformation out there. There is. 
And this is really just a platform to kind of thin it all out. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to be, um, you know, a little loose and, and enjoy some time with our guests. And this whole format is really just kind of put in place to, uh, uh, to help people. Cool. Well, I think we should uh, start with the basics. I think, you know, for our first uh, episode, um, one of the challenges I know when I first got involved in the industry was... Oh, wait, John. Yeah. We totally skipped past the first part. Which is? How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was a blast, actually. Um, as you know, I recently got my backyard done, and I haven't really had a whole lot of time to enjoy it. Um, but with the weather the way it is, we're in Arizona, for those of you listening, that uh, it's not hot, hot yet, and it's not as cold. So the evening time, I'm able to get out there, shoot around some basketballs uh, in the backyard and play with my kids. I got a 5, a 10, and an 8-year-old, and they they're loving it right the toys are being scattered all over the backyard and it's constant cleanup for me um but yeah i've been enjoying i enjoyed my weekend it was it, time to get some you know recharge and rest uh we get busy with what we do obviously mm-hmm. how about yours it was great i saw batman you saw batman yeah it was really good i, I didn't know how it was going to turn out with uh what's his name robert pattinson? pattinson yeah yeah my wife's a huge batman fan and she has not like made us go watch this really? and so i was like why and it's just it's it's doesn't she have a batman tattoo she has a batman tattoo oh, so wow. you would think we would have gone and seen this movie already mm-hmm. but i think she's afraid of being disappointed you i know? can tell you she won't be right it's really good it's kind of gothic and emo like mm-hmm. as you would imagine with someone like robert pattinson as right. batman uh but it's a really neat the cinematography is just super good oh it's just off the wall it's 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 badass cool Yep, you'll enjoy it. But that that was like the highlight. And there's this there's this theater that like closed down when COVID hit, which used to be my wife and I's favorite theater to go to. It was IPIC in mm-hmm. Scottsdale Quarter, and uh, another company picked it up. Um, and so it was kind of weird because it was still a little like a little bit of a ghost town, right? But it's really nice, and it's a beautiful theater. And they have like these huge reclining seats and give you pillows and blankets and all sorts of stuff. And it was just like. They used to be like our Friday night date night yeah. all the time type of thing, and we got so bummed out when it closed down. So they they did the same thing in Maricopa, and they closed it down for a little while and they reopened it. And I remember I took my family there once, where it's like upstairs and there's a glass, mm-hmm. and then it's like our own little private room to watch the movie. You know, with the kids running around, it was really cool. And then the last time we went during COVID, it just was shut down, right? Now it's opened back up, but it's a ghost town, like you said, so there's hardly anybody there. Um, didn't, didn't even need to get the private room. <laughs> the kids could just run around in the theater like they, like they did upstairs. So There's nobody in there. Yep. Yeah. I, it's been so weird because all the movies I've seen have been from my couch. Right. And so we get like a really nice setup at the house now and whatever because we're like, well, if we can't go out, it's right, like a thing. Well. Yeah, so I'm, I'm catching myself in the middle of it, like almost kind of dozing off in the middle of the theater. I'm like, oh, shit, I got right. to stay awake. <laughs> Both of us can't fall asleep because that's that's gonna be a problem. They turn on the lights and we're just passed out in the back of the theater. So, but long story short, I had a good time. I was looking forward to that for quite a while. Yeah, and your backyard sounds beautiful. Um, all right, well, let's dive right into it. So, um, John, he really formatted a lot of stuff for our one-on-one. Um, he get he gets asked a lot of questions. Um, so let's spend some time covering that. Well, yeah, what I wanted to really cover is the definitions in solar for the basics because uh 
when you first get started, right, you're going to hear a lot of terms. Um, and it doesn't matter what part of the business you get started in, whether it's in sales, operations, installation, uh, leads gen, you're going to need to know what these main definitions are. So I just wanted to go through real quickly, like the main ones that I know of, and then get some input from you, Tyler, on what are the ones that you see reps getting most confused by. Right. Yeah, I can tell you right now, it's that line number two that I wrote down, watt versus kilowatt versus right. kilowatt hour. That's the main from a new rep. I mean, that's the thing that's like, that's the meat and potatoes. That's what you got to know. Sure. Um, module, right, uh, versus panel. What's the difference? And why do they call it, uh, or why do they not just refer to them as panels? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I mean... This is just a, a hunch here, but right. it's to avoid confusion, really. Because a panel, in an electrician's mind, is a main panel. Right. So that's going to be you know, your, where all your breakers are at, your main breaker box on the side of the house, uh, where the meter is typically located. Um, and when you say panel, and you're like, oh, yeah, the panel. And you're like, well, which what one are you talking panel? about? Right. Which panel? So solar PV module is technically the right term. So... If you ever see stuff, you'll see it labeled both ways. Like right. in proposal software, it might say panels or it might say modules. Um, but installers typically use the word module, mm-hmm. and sales reps usually use the word panel because that's what the public would understand. Sure. Makes sense. And if one of our listeners out there wants to fact check that and uh, find out for us, just definitely let us know. I'm curious as to where that came from, like what the different, whether that's actually the reason is to just avoid the confusion. Yeah. Our comments um, are going to get flooded. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, at least we'll know, right? That's, yeah. That's half the battle. Um, array, right? A group of panels or modules, depending on what you call them, right? Um, that's pretty, you know, that's in the industry. You're going to need to know what the array is. And then a system. Wait, hold on. Can you talk more about array? Unlike, why would you have more than one? Um, well, based on the, the, there's different locations you can put the panels on or the modules on, right? South facing gets best production. And so you're going to have a roof that has many different sections on it. And you're not going to be able to connect everything to get, well, it's all connected, but they're grouped in arrays. Okay. Right? So a system it has multiple arrays, um, and, and that's what makes up your, your solar uh, system, if you will. So you could have like a west-facing array and a mm-hmm. south-facing array, right. east-facing array, et cetera, and they're all put together in a system. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then, um, obviously, we'll talk more about this one because this is the main sticking point with the watts, uh, whether it's kilowatts, kilowatt hours. Those are... are um, terms that a lot of people get confused with. Um, even current, right, is, is an electrical term that they need to know what that means. Um, can, you, can you start with watt? Sure. Watt. So it's a measure of electrical power. Okay. Right. So if I'm talking about watts, what am I using that in, in terms of, like, in the solar space? Like, what's, what do you see when people are using the word watts? What do they attach to it? Well, they're, t- they're attaching either the consumer's consumption, right, which is part of the, the watts, but that's kilowatt hours that they're using. Yeah, right? so the separate one. So, more. so the size of a system, right? Let's say you have a 10 kilowatt system, right? It's a 10,000 watt system. That's going to produce, right, how many watts over, at any given point, the most it's going to produce is that amount. Okay. And so watt, a kilowatt being 1,000 watts, um, uh, I think that can explain some things for some people that are just starting to enter the space mm-hmm. is that 
it's uh, watt and then kilowatt being a, a thousand watts and then kilowatt hours, which is kind of like MPG, which right. is like how many kilowatts is that you, you know, being used in an hour. Right. So does this mean I got to go back to math class? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm certainly not the teacher because I, <laughs> right. uh, I failed out of that class. So, um, but with with watts, the area that I know that you probably see it most common in is going to be on the price per watt. Right. Um, and I don't think we really use it much else other than the size of the panel. Yeah. How, uh, how the module four hundred watt panel 400 watt yeah right that's i know that's what you're using uh right now is a 400 watt right okay so where's the confusion that the normal rep will get that can lead to um a customer feeling like this person doesn't know what they're talking about right it's when they misuse those terminologies so how do you see people misuse kilowatt hours and kilowatts I, the most common case that I see is people using the word watt instead of kilowatt or using uh, kilowatts instead of watts. So let's say the uh, size of a system. You know, the size of a system is usually measured in kilowatts. Right. Uh, you know, I have a 10-kilowatt system. Or someone might say, I have a 10-watt system. system. Right. And, like, and, they, and they think it's innocent. You know, a 10-watt, kilowatt, same thing. It's not. <laughs> Huge and the, and the, the the consumer um, listening to that, it lead, it makes them feel uncomfortable if, the, if you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then the other one, uh, which is kilowatts, like using like a price per watt and saying a price per kilowatt. Right. Where it's like, oh, yeah, it's $3 per kilowatt. And you're like, well, that's great. <laughs> that's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You should sign that. Right. Uh, but when it should actually be price per sure. watt. Um, and then kilowatt hours also getting exchanged for kilowatts. And honestly, I've seen electricians do that right? where they'd be like, Oh yeah, that's a 20 kilowatt battery system. And it's like, well, yeah, I know what you mean. That's, mm -hmm. that's a little bit more of like a forgivable thing where you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Right. But it's kilowatt hours. Right. Um, but they interchange it all the time. Okay. So. If you're into solar and you're just getting started, whether you're on the installation side, phone room, lead gen, sales, um, I would do, you know, the diligence of, of getting these terminologies down packed so you understand it. A um, couple other ones that you're going to hear a lot, as we talked about it earlier, is a main panel uh, yeah. versus a sub panel, right? Uh, what is the the difference? Between, and you are, here's one of the confusing things is you'll see MPU, which is... What does MPU stand for? Main panel upgrade. Okay. So when I'm referring to the main panel, if I don't understand that, I might refer to it. Well, the MPU is, right? And that, that doesn't make any sense. It's the a main panel upgrade. They don't have an MPU at their house. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that one's very often right. that, that we see that. And luckily, customers won't pick anything like that up, really. Mm -hmm. So I think that can kind of fly under the radar. But yeah, if you're talking to other pros, you're like, Hey, the main panel, or <laughs> oh, does this need an MPU? Right, our panel upgrade. Right? Yeah, but. our panel upgrade, and then the sub panel is, of course, the one jutting off of that, having its own breakers and whatnot. Right. So, it's a sub to the main panel. And what do you call that little circular thing that's got the numbers with the amount of usage on the side of the wall? A watch. Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's it a looks meter, like a watch, <laughs> a meter, right? It measures electrical uh, electricity used and produced, right? So. Um, I know 
some door setters, right, that like to go over to the meter, and what are they looking at on the meter to kind of impress the customer? Uh, the usage, the electrical usage going in and out. Well, from, just in. Yeah, and it's it's typically something that'll show from the beginning of when that was was set up, mm-hmm. so that they can see kind of how like the miles on your vehicle. You can see the miles on your your meter mm-hmm. for that house. Right. Yeah, they just have to be careful because it switches all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be like, oh, you've used five. <laughs> um, so part of a solar system, we've got panels, right? It's integrated into the um, not panels. I'm sorry, the modules on top. Yeah. And then we have uh, different arrays and different systems. Um, all tying into the main panels and sub panels. Um, the other terminology that you see a lot is conduit, uh, racking, um, inverters, stuff like that. Those are really electrical terms for the most part, but it is important to know what they are, right? Yeah, the tube protecting inverter. the wiring is called conduit, right? Racking is the the hardware that you use to mount the modules, mm-hmm. right? Not a lot of confusion with those, uh, but this next one, um, we do get some some misunderstanding uh, on what they are, and that's the inverters um, on our systems, right? There's there's a couple different in- companies that make different inverters, and it's not the confusion between those, but um, you'll see somebody say converter, and that again is is you know not technically correct. Uh, it an inverter converts the DC to AC current. Why is that important? Well, I mean, AC current is what you use in your house. So all of your household stuff. And if you kind of think of it of like, I know this is an industry term, but it's hard to explain it without saying this, but um, it's a pure sine wave. So it's actually sending energy forward and backward, technically. Um, Whereas DC is just all of the current flowing in one location or in one direction. Um, So all the consumer electronics, everything without a battery is powered off of AC, alternating current. And in the U.S., it's always 60 hertz. So it's 60 times a second. That thing flows forward and backward, in and out, whatever. Um, whereas DC is not measure, measured in the same way. So if you notice that like when you plug in your phone or you plug in your computer that has this big old power brick, that's actually an inverter. Um, so that's inverting your AC. Or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, inverting your AC to DC to charge your battery in your device um, because they're not like a TV, when you turn it on, it just pulls the energy. Um, and the reason that that is, is number one, it's safer for use in the house. And then at certain distances, you can have uh, a little bit better electrical coverage in terms of uh, your loss. But unfortunately, when you're inverting from DC to AC, as solar is giving off DC current from a sun, flowing in one direction, has to go to AC to plug into the house, uh, you do lose a little bit. Um, of energy in that process. It's not 100% efficient. You know, it might be, I don't even know what the number is, 90, 95% efficient. So you'll always see if you if you ever check like a plan set and you submit like uh, a plan set to your authority having jurisdiction, city, county, whatever, um, you'll see on that plan set, it'll say 10 kilowatts AC, or 10 kilowatts DC, right, and then nine something kilowatts AC. The conversion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, as the DC is converted to AC, um, one of the things that happens is you have uh, what we call um, grid-tied systems, right? So it's your solar system tied in with the grid. And another uh, you know, vocabulary where you hear a lot in the industry is the combiner, which is mixing the utility and the solar power, 
like a right. big blender like a yeah basically um last few uh terminologies that that you're gonna see are disconnect which is a shut off because of the risk of all that going in um and then we have on peak and demand yeah right so those terminologies uh most expensive time to use can you know use the energy um and then any amount of energy used at one period of time. So those are the main ones that, that I think the, the brand new rep sh should kind of have an idea of. Um, can you think of anything else that vocabulary wise that people get confused by? Um, I think, I think just explaining what on peak and off peak is a little bit helps. Mm -hmm. um, whereas your on peak power is going to be the most expensive. That's when uh, utility companies are scaling up everything. Everybody wants energy at that time. You know, for us here in the Southwest, that tends to be in the middle of the day. Right. Because everybody's ACs are kicking on because it's getting hot. Um, and solar's really, you know, if you think about it, only offsetting that electrical energy that is needed from the grid when the sun is out. Um, so that on-peak number is massive, where the off-peak number is usually a lot lower. So it makes a lot of sense for someone to have their solar power their house during the middle of the day when the energy is most expensive. And then at night when it's least expensive, they can still buy from the grid. Um, in a lot of cases, people can offset some of that as well and sell back to the grid, their excess energy. Um, but that's not for every utility. Right. Okay. Well, that gives us some basic understanding of, uh, you know, the terminology. So what we want to do, um, next is, uh, get into some of our, guests that are coming on the show um oh yeah who do you have lined up for us i have a gentleman that comes from florida lined up um he uh, has been in the industry for quite some time he's a really interesting guy he's got a lot of different things going he's a day trader in the day um and uh his wife actually has her own youtube channel so um i think he was a youth pastor at one point so careful with some of the the, the off-color jokes but uh <laughs> I, I won't cut <laughs> other than that you know um He's a good guy. Okay. Can we get him on the line? Yeah. Let's get him on the line here once. Oh, I got to use my phone. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, he's expecting your call. Cool. While we're getting him on the line, let's go ahead and pause for a sponsorship. Hello. Hey, Mishak, you there? Yes, sir. All right. So you are actually on the podcast. Thanks so much for for joining us today. You got myself and John here, and uh, he gave you a nice, warm welcome and introduction. So I told him that, uh, he told me a little bit about your past on being a uh, youth pastor, right? And so I told him I wouldn't cut. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very short. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're really excited to have you. Um, we have a couple, a couple things in the way that we typically kind of lay this thing out, and it's really just to know more about you, you know, the way that you got started, uh, some any crazy experience that you had in the solar industry, I'm sure you've had many, and then also what your secret sauce is. So maybe we can start from the top. So how did you get started in solar with uh, this immense background and a lot of different things? Yeah, um, thanks for having me, and um, uh, very honored to be on the podcast. So thank you. Um, I was uh, nine to five at Apple repairing MacBooks and everything like that at the Genius Bar. And uh, some guy fed me a pipe dream saying that, hey, follow me and uh, you'll make 25 grand your next month. So anybody wow. that's working nine to five, you know, making $17 an hour, that sounds like a dream. So 
he kept talking to me. I worked with him. And uh, one day I decided to go out with him and he gave me a shirt and then dropped me off in the neighborhood and told me to start knocking on doors. Oh, wow. And I was like, what in the world just happened? <laughs> he, he went away in his brand new truck and parked somewhere and left me and like four other guys to knock a neighborhood. And I had no clue what I was doing. So that he didn't give you a script all... or anything. No, oh, no, no. nothing. <laughs> yeah. So he just told me to knock on doors and I had this guy, he's a friend of mine now, his name's Will. And he just like had me follow him. And uh, the rest has been history. But I mean, starting off knocking on doors in the industry, I guess, was the best way because I I learned that, you know, outside of just solar, you know, sales is definitely no joke, right? It's a it's a grind, it's a hustle, and it takes a lot of effort. And um, you know, knocking on doors definitely showed me that uh, it's not easy, but it's doable. Um, and then we kind of progressed from there. From become I became a dealer, and then I worked at a uh, in office for an installer in Florida. Oh, wow. Okay. So how long were you doing this initial position where you're knocking doors with this guy in Florida? Yeah. So I worked, I worked at Apple while doing this for about two to three months. And then I quit cold Turkey from Apple, uh, taking a leap with my wife and we, we both quit our jobs and, uh, we just started our own little dealership and, uh, that lasted for about two and a half, three months. And then the the installer in Florida caught on to me and saw my YouTube videos and Facebook posts that I was making about solar. And they brought me on in-house as their Energy Sage rep. And I went on to help them build their company through Energy Sage. Nice. And so how long were you doing in that role? So that started November 2019. And I continued Energy Sage uh, all the way through um beginning of 2021 so you really sold solar during the prime time of solar right it was right when right when covid lockdown <laughs> happened <laughs> yeah it was crazy i remember like thinking oh my gosh like wh what's going on and all my customers during you know march of 2020 they're like hey Shaq, i, I can't do this we don't know what's going to happen so we're just not doing anything for the next we don't know right so everything paused during that time but yeah that's when i kind of got my uh, start Really, before that, I was knocking on doors, selling just family and friends, but didn't really get anywhere. Yeah, and then on the the energy stage, you're doing a lot of that virtually, right? So most of that's email, phone calls. Were you doing any Zoom? Yeah, yeah, I did Zooms. Um, I guess to talk about the craziest thing I've done on on solar is I've had four homeowners at one time. Um, they were family or they were friends, and uh, they were. Um, of Indian descent and they wanted the best price. And I spent about four hours with them on a call at night, haggling prices uh, on a Zoom call. Um, and this was like a little bit after COVID. Um, and we spent four hours just trying to find the right price for all of them and answering all their questions and making sure they all got what they wanted. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that was the type of work I was doing completely remote. So I take it that this deal, these four deals closed. Otherwise, you wouldn't be telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did, and they they continue to give me referrals today in Florida. So it's been a great um, relationship with them. That's amazing. So how'd you end up in Arizona? Right, you're you're here local in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're in Scottsdale now. Just left from Tempe uh, three weeks ago, but um, I guess mid of uh, mid of 2021. You know, solar industry in Florida is not bad. It's great. But uh, my, I was not planning on selling solar anymore. 
and my wife and I wanted to uh, make it to California, but the taxes are pretty crazy there. So uh, we sold everything and we landed uh, to the next best place, I guess, is Arizona. And come to find out, we like Arizona a lot. And um, I got to the solar industry here and realized that there's a lot of opportunity, but there is also a lot of competition. And um, so ever since then, you know, since we moved here, our solar's, you know, definitely taken care of us. Uh, now I'm back in full force. Nice. Wow. Incredible. Well, cool. Well, the uh, state of Arizona welcomes you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I can speak as Arizona. <laughs> yeah. as a, as a well, we're missing one more key component of your uh, um, your little session, and that is what is your secret sauce? Oh, yeah. What separates you from everybody else out there selling solar? If this whole space is so competitive as you say it is, how are you selling so much? <laughs> I guess uh, I've never really thought about it too much, but I think my um, my power is the um, building a relationship and it, not just selling solar with homeowners, but also building relationships and networking with other business owners and people that have influence and this and that. So uh, it's all about relationships for me. So my secret sauce, and it sounds super cliche, but my secret sauce, I guess, is to make sure that I um, leave a good impression and build good relationships with anybody that's in front of me. So that's worked out, whether that's in solar or that's just in life in general. Nice. Wow. You, you hit me with the, I'm just an all around really good guy (laughs) type of thing. It kind of makes me feel like, Oh my God, what am I doing? (laughs) So I imagine you got plenty of, uh, great reviews to back that up. Yeah. The proof's in the, yeah. I mean, if you, if you go to, the installer in Florida, Unicity Solar. I'm all over their Google page. I'm on uh, Energy Sage all over there. Um, and then my customers still today give me referrals. So uh, I never want to leave a customer behind because, you know, that's money that's left on the table. It's very sad to hear how many people just do a one and done right. and then walk away. Uh, you know, my philosophy is give these people a really good price up front. And if they're happy, you know, two, three months down the road, they'll be calling you to give you a referral. And that's just happened um, ever since I've started with solar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's actually really refreshing to hear too, because there's so many horror stories that come out of the, you know, the, the what my business partner calls the solar coaster. Right. Um, <laughs> just up and how down. Did, how did you survive the solar coaster is a better question. <laughs> yeah. To ask, you know. yeah. Yeah. I mean, how does a good guy come about with just a, you know, name and his reputation and offering good services? And take all the other people in the market that are, you know, offering the snake oil and this and that. And I'm going to give you $10,000 cash back and I'm going to give you a puppy. Oh, <laughs> right. Yes. We've seen it all. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I, I hate it because, you know, I guess in any, any industry like car sales or anything, there's the bad actors. But, uh, you know, um, I have a team in Florida right now. They just ran across a homeowner that has solar on the roof without a permit. And the company didn't pull a permit and they got paid. And now that company's out of business and the customer is screwed over. Right. And it really, I told my guys through text, like it's our job. It's our duty to do the right thing by homeowners. It's like our duty at this point to make up for the bad actors out there. So, you know, beyond the money, beyond, you know, the, the solar itself, you know, there's a reputation, like you said. And uh, the only thing that we take with us at the end of the day is our name reputation. So I made it through somehow. Right. And, um, 
it's just by doing right uh, every single time and I'm in front of a homeowner. It's incredible. So if someone was starting new in the space, I don't know if you're too familiar with, you know, the podcast that we do and some of our listeners, but we have people of all different experience levels, people just starting or thinking about starting to all the way to the advanced guy that's already selling a bunch of deals every month. So what advice would you give to the person that's brand new starting in this? And then also what advice would you give to someone that's been in this maybe a few months? Okay. And these are just specifically to people who are doing sales. Yeah. Yeah. Just specifically sales reps. Sales reps. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, if you're starting out, um, not to get like too deep about it, but it's all about your why. Right. And if you're starting off just about making a bunch of money, that'll definitely die off. Even if you're five or six months in, you're knocking on doors or you're getting appointments, but they're getting no shows or, you know, that when you start off, if you don't have a solid why, uh, you're definitely going to give up. Um, and then also having uh, a good a good nest egg of, of money if you're going to jump into this. Uh, you want to be full time. You don't want to be part time doing this. You want to have your full attention on getting deals because if you're trying to do two or three things at once, uh, and then also trying to get, you know, some customers. Uh, the customer is going to know, you know, your attention is not there. You're not going to know everything. You're not going to know the product knowledge. You're not going to know the financing and everything like that. You really have to dive deep into the industry and know everything really well. So, you know, having a good why and then also knowing everything because you're just focused on trying to sell a deal. Too many times I run across people who are have a comfortable job and then are trying to dip their toe into doing this. And they're just not successful because, they don't, they don't take that leap of faith and bet on themselves that they can do this. So if you're doing it and you're starting, you got to be full on and you can't be distracted. Mm. And you got to have a why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you like got to have that. a why. What's your why? Um, you know, I'm on the, I'm in this uh, beautiful apartment, my wife right now on the couch and I'm talking to you on the phone and our goal three years ago was to be together. That was our why, uh, not to work a nine to five and, for her to be a waitress at night and not see each other for the next 30 years and then we retire and then all of a sudden we're living life at that point. So my why was to make sure that we're together as much as possible uh, in our marriage and not, you know, do the normal thing that others do, which, you know, it, it sucks that people do live that way, but uh, we didn't see each other for a while. So well, I'm living the dream. I'm with my mm-hmm. wife. We're together. We're in our beautiful home. And, um, my why is come true. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard a one a speaker a long time ago talk about the dash, right? If you look at your tombstone, right, you got when you were born and when you're no longer here. And really, life is all about that little dash, and it's gone like this, right? So it's kind of a neat perspective to see, you know, when you have that why uh, to go out there and do the things that you want to do for your family and your wife. Same thing for me. I know for you, Tyler, uh, but it's you know, not scripted, asking him these questions, and it's coming back with um, those types of answers. So that's refreshing to hear from Meshach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we always say this, my wife and I call, has called, have called Solar from the beginning of Vehicle. Um, you know, it's not our end all to be all, but it's definitely an amazing vehicle that can help you get to wherever you need to, you know, go. So for us, you know, this vehicle has been with us for the last two and a half, three years. And we're still riding this vehicle. And in the meantime, there's other things that we pursue in life. And that's the beautiful part about the solar industry right now is that, you know, it's 
good for people to, you know, go dive in and then you'll be able to sustain yourself and, and do some passions on the outside. That's incredible. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. I got, I was, I was coming like prepared to go like back and forth and, eat, and then you hit me with like this really touching stuff and I'm like all caught off guard. Right. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> oh, we appreciate cool. it. Uh, John, you got any other questions for me? No, I'm just excited to see, uh, you know, him, him in action really, you know, from, uh, I've got gotten to know him over the last, uh, six months or so and, and really getting him started now is, is going to be something special to watch. So, I'm just excited for, for Shaq and, and his team. Awesome. Thank you. That's amazing. All right. Well, Hey, I think that's all we got. So we certainly do appreciate you coming on and, and, you know, pouring your soul out to us and, and giving all this really valuable information to, you know, a lot of, a lot of great people that are coming up in this space. So really appreciate your time, Shaq. No, thank you guys. I appreciate it. All right. Well, until next time. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks, John. Bye. Bye. Well, that was cool of him. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. It's like uh, just knowing him and he's, you know, I've talked to him for a while about different things and it's consistently come back to not only, and he didn't really allude to this, but um, when he's training new people, um, he will ask them their why Mm -hmm. and write that down, put it in his back pocket. And then when things get tough, right? He can always go back and say, well, wait a minute. You know, I thought you wanted to be home with your wife. Has that changed? <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy to motivate people when you know their why. Oh, no. Right? So I had a guy do that, a sales trainer do that. He made me write it in the front of my like little binder. Uh-huh. And he's like, why don't you put that down? And yeah. so every time he would just pull out the book and slam it on the table and be like, is this still true? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. What's changed? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> oh, it's so true. And I think, you know, when we talk about this, this uh, podcast, right, and going back to the basics, um, you know, the secret sauce was was not what we would expect it to be. It wasn't like, oh, this is my closing technique, mm-hmm. which well, I'm sure we'll have some sales reps that'll give us that. But um, seeing it from that perspective, I think it was was kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, cool. Well, this is a special time for us right here. This segment in the show, uh, because today uh, this show was actually brought to you. <laughs> by Enphase, our sponsor. Uh, the Enphase Energy System brings solar, batteries, and software together in one complete package. So now you can make, use, save, and sell your own power all through a smart mobile app. Visit Enphase.com for more information. Thanks, Enphase. Awesome. I love, love Enphase. Yeah, Enphase is a great product. I like the new one. We'll, 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 I'm sure we'll talk more about their IQ8 coming up soon. One of our casks is... Uh, mm-hmm. um, this is breaking news, but since my system's going up and it's the IQ8, I'm probably going to see if we can switch it over to that just so we know how, how that gets installed. Oh, yeah. That'll be out around the same time your install's happening. Yep. We'll have access to that. Talking to Kevin about it now. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have, to get, uh, we'll have to get them on the show yep. uh, soon because they were, they were really cool to, to sponsor the show and, you know, and to also you know, help us provide access and outreach to right. all of the people that you know, listen to this or people that we're going to send this to. Um, so that's amazing. So thanks in face. Yep. All right. Well, that takes us into our next segment, which is our honest take, which is where John and I, uh, we review either uh, finance companies or manufacturers. So today we're going to highlight a finance company, which is interesting on the timing of that because <laughs> there's some things happening in the marketplace um, with the treasury rates. 
which let's not forget to dive into because that's really important. Right. Um, but today we're going to focus on one in particular company, which is Goodleap, uh, formerly LoanPal, mm-hmm. and it's something that's very widely used in the industry. So this this isn't sponsored by them. They're not on the show. Maybe in a later show we'll get them on here. Um, but we want to give our honest review and John with your finance background, mm-hmm. I was hoping that you could share a couple things about it. Uh, talk about the products they offer, uh, some of the history with how this stuff kind of came about these loan products and then where everything is going with that treasury rate increase. Yeah. Well, first off, um, I think people, have, most of the finance companies, um, are not wanting to really show their cards, uh, and, and kind of tip us off, um, about the rate increases. Uh, but some of them have, right? We actually had a training with one of the, the loan companies that flat out said, hey, we're probably going up a point uh, in the next week. <laughs> Whoa. Um, that's next pretty... month, right, really is is when they're looking at those rates increasing. Wow. And like you mentioned, with the mortgage rates going up, all the other rates are going up, solar is going to follow, right? So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what these finance companies do to stay competitive. Um but what I have seen, you know, with there's so many different solar options for the consumer, uh, even with one one lender. So if you take Goodleap, for example, um, you know, you have low FICO options, mm-hmm. right? So customers that are, you know, credit challenged. Um, and then... How, how low? How low are you talking? Well, 600 FICO scores. It's um, pretty sweet. Yeah. You know, and the, the challenge comes in... Uh, you know, trying to figure out what's the best for for the customer, mm-hmm. and you have lots of different options, right? Some people are very concerned about their payment. Maybe they'd be very concerned about their payment for a short period of time, right? And so one of the, the interesting things about solar loans and how they um, figure out a way to deal with the first 18 months of a loan, right? Uh, what they're actually doing is it's an interest-free loan for the tax credit on the front side of it. That's why it's not calculated until you make that payment. Are right you talking there. about a specific product of theirs or just all of them? All of them. Oh, okay. So what, what they're doing, and if you try to figure out the math on how to figure out, you know, how come my payment is X for the first 18 months, and if I don't apply the credit, it's exactly this. Um, well, the reason is because of the way they structure the loan, mm-hmm. right? So um, they're getting very creative. I know there's a 36-month. There's some some uh, companies that have a 60-month flex pay. Um, and then you have your traditional, um, you know, flex pay options that they have, right? So it's so funny. That's traditional. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But, I mean, if you remember back in the mortgage days, right, you had balloon payments. You had variable rates. Yep. Um, some of that stuff ended up not being the greatest for the consumer, right? So you, you've got to really know your consumer um, of what they're looking for and then put them in the best, you know, best situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to see some of the lenders move from 20 to 25 years to 30-year loan options coming out. Wow. Um, yeah, it didn't used to be like that all no. the time. I mean, I remember when they were, they were 10, 15 years. Right. Maybe 20 was the max. Right. And, and in order to stay competitive and to deal with the rate increases – um, they have to make adjustments, right? And so um, we're going to see that happen um, here in the next... It'll be interesting, you know, because, you know, the, the, the companies that can wait the longest to make those increases or, you know, can get capture some, you know, market share. And then there's other ones that are going to, you know, change their product up altogether, right? You've got um, 
it's just a really, really competitive place, you know, in the, in the solar space for, for financing. It's so hard to talk about all the finance options and stuff specifically with one company without talking about the current events because <laughs> right. we keep gravitating back towards that. Yeah. And it's because it's, everything's going to change. Yeah. Right. You know, um, I think the the main point, especially if you're, you're listening to this cast right now and you're in, uh, in sales, right. It's, it's never been better than right now. Why do you say that? Because you, you got the, the, the best tax credit that we've ever had in solar. Right. What about the 30%? Well, best tax credit I've ever had, (laughs) you know, in my career selling it. Right. It's so, um, yeah, there's those good old days. Right. But right now it's, you know, there's a chance we don't have that. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a really good chance, almost inevitable that you're going to see rates increase. So for the customer that's on the fence, this is the best time for them to, to get involved. Right. Um, Wait, why why more than just the federal tax rebate? You mean also because the interest rates are low right now? Right. The interest rates are low right now and as soon as they start to climb, right, and your everything gets more expensive, right? So they're gonna have to become more gimmicky, if you will, in order to capture that same customer. And that's when mm. it can get a little more dangerous. Right? So, so forgive me if I'm if I'm wrong with this, but I mean my information that I know is really limited to mm-hmm. just Arizona and local right. market. But being the fact that Arizona is not very expensive for the rate of their on-peak energy, um, if I'm getting this right, if interest rates rise, the spread gets smaller and smaller and smaller of the savings that could be passed along to a customer as time goes on. So if equipment prices rise, which they historically have, it seems like once a quarter, um, and interest rates go up and the utility rates stay the same, then those finance products get more and more difficult and they have to be more creative, if you will, in like spreading it out over a longer term or doing some sort of incentive thing in the beginning for a certain period or deferral period. Six months or 12 months. Yeah. Um, Yeah, those are all the things that they have to do in order to adjust to make these loans work for the customer, right? And as they're, they're, they'll be limited what they can do as the rates increase, right? And so that's where... Um, sometimes you, they have to become more creative to make it work. And from my perspective, if you're going to get involved in a solar loan with, with the products that are available right now, it's the best time, mm-hmm. right? Um, who knows what we're going to see, right? Well, we also have the highest wanted modules too that are available right now, right? I mean, there's never been higher performing modules than, you know, technology just keeps getting better and better. My phone's outdated every two years. Same thing. Well, it's, it's adjustments all across the board, even the, the federal tax credit in some of the different states. I know we're here in Arizona, but when you start looking at what some of the other states do for their tax credit, the, the finance doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. You go to North, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, that's a know. 50% tax credit. It's nuts. You know what I mean? So it's 26% for the state or for the Fed, and then they, it's a true 25% tax credit. Arizona, for most people don't realize that you get a 25% tax credit in Arizona on your solar system. It's just capped at a thousand dollars. Oh, for the state. You mean twenty six in the state? Twenty six for federal. Yeah. Twenty five for the state. Capped, capped at, at a grand. At yeah. a grand. Yeah. Well, they don't cap it in, in <laughs> over there. Oh, that's nice. So it's almost fifty percent. Yeah. Right. Which then at that point the financing doesn't matter. If we have anybody listening from North or South Carolina, yeah. we're a little jealous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, or you have utility companies with net metering and different things yeah. that make it better. So. 
um, the balancing act between credit, tax credits, utility incentives, and the financing is always going to be um, the puzzle pieces you need to, to make this work. Right. And any one of those things that gets thrown off, tax credit goes away, right? Net metering goes away, rates go up. Those are all things that can make it where it's more difficult to see the savings in solar. Okay. Right. So, so focus back on the Goodly products because I know that there's more than just one product that that they have that they offer. But I, I think that we wanted to focus on maybe just even a specific one on how this might apply to fit that puzzle piece for the entire picture. Because I know in Arizona we're a little bit more limited on what we can do because we don't have quite the incentives that a lot of other states do. Um, but we also historically have some of the largest solar systems because it is so sunny and hot here. So it's kind of like a catch 22. Um, but how can you give me maybe your honest review on a, your most popular, uh, good leap offering? So, I mean, most popular for who is the question, right? Um, from the sales reps perspective, um, and this is where, uh, it gets a little dicey and making sure that the that the sales rep is is being honest and upfront with the customer about how everything works, how the tax credits work, uh, whether or not they qualify for them or not, um, and uh, what's going to happen to their payment if they don't apply the tax credit. So if it, with all else even, right, the, the, the reps explaining all that correctly, then it's now it's up to the customer what, what's going to make more sense for them. Um, a lot of the flex pay, you'll see flex pay with Good Leap a lot, are loan products that will reduce the payments for the first 18 months or first 36 months. Mm-hmm. There's even a 60-month flex pay, right? And so that's attractive if you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to be um, probably selling or refinancing this house within, you know, after five years, and I really just want to see as much savings as I can right now. Right. Didn't they tell us like uh or tell you a crazy statistic about like the amount of people that keep their loan? It's like eighty five percent. Eighty five percent that sell it. That yeah. refi. Refi. With their right. mortgage. So like fifteen percent of homeowners are still in their solar loan five years from now. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. So it's a temporary financing and if you base it off that, right, um having the lowest payment makes the most sense. Yeah. Right. You know, um so there's just there's a lot of, of different things that go into it, but I think customizing it to your customer, right? Mm-hmm. One of the advantages of uh, a lender like Goodleap is really um, they're, they're using all three bureaus to qualify them, okay. right? So that's different than some of the other lenders, which will use specific um, credit bureaus. Um, so the, you have the best chances, really, with Goodleap because of the, um, the fact that they're looking at all, all different bureaus, taking the highest score of the two um, applicants on there, not making the other applicant yep. have to be on the title. I was going to say that, right? So but your buddy in South Carolina with a solar system where he got a bunch of money back, right? Exactly. Yeah, and he could be on your loan, sign for you, right? So yeah. um, they're the most liberal of the lenders when it comes to that, and um, that's why you see them as the biggest. Right? Mm. Um, so what's the most popular, maybe fixed rate product? So that way we're not diving into things that could or could not be here in a couple weeks. Well, that's the challenge, right? Even the most popular product, you know, twenty five one nine nine, right? Um, you see that a lot. It's 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 really designed to kind of limit the the gimmicky part of an early payment being so low, right? And it's just um, giving them that 
18 months to pay down the loan, right, with the tax credit um, at a 199. So, so that I know this correctly, and I'm explaining this right mm-hmm. in my head. So they kind of give you like the amount in the first 18 months as if you would have put in the tax rebate back into your loan and reamortized it for that introductory period. Yeah, and how they do that is it's almost an interest-free loan of the tax credit oh. applied to it until that 18-month period. Okay. And then when that goes away, it's whether you put it there or not. If you've put it there, then it's then it's reamortized and it's the payment that they tell you it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But if you notice, it doesn't matter whether you do that in the first month or the 18th month because it's already pre-calculated. Got it. Because of the interest-free loan. So, okay. um, so just, that would be good for people that... Maybe they don't want to put the money in there, but they want that low payment for that initial period. But it also looks really good in proposals. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure a lot of people don't always talk about the REM on month 18. Yeah, uh, it's it's not good for them not to talk about that. Because <laughs> they're so, going to get a call back right, saying, exactly. what you, oh, why is my payment going up? And that's the industry that we live in, right? If, if you're doing the right thing by the consumer, and I would... I like to not even talk about the first 18 month payment, uh-huh. right? Because I'm not paying my loan for 18 months. It's 20, 25 years, right? So let's talk really about the majority of the time you're in this loan. This is what the payment's going to be, right? Get that question up front. Are you going to apply this tax credit or are you not? Because yeah. if you're not, don't even worry about that first 18 month payment. Here's what it really is going to be. Well, and that breaks down to even a further more complicated conversation of what is your tax appetite? Are you a W-2, 1099 employee? How do you pay your taxes? What do you contribute to your W-2? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But most people do have a tax appetite, um, especially if they get a rebate or something at the end of the year. Um, But the difference is, is like, what do you intend to do with that money? A lot of people take that and go on vacation or get something else with it. Yep. Or, you know, go have fun. And I think just talking about those things up front, right, letting them know that way their expectations are are met, right? It's um, when you're vague about those things, right, what you do with that tax credit and, and how you're going to apply it uh, that, you know, can lead to challenges later. Yeah. But here's the reality. We talked about the, the rates going up, right? So the my guess is your 0.49s, your 0.99s, your 148s, in order to keep those rates at the, that low with the rates going up, the, the, the fees they got to charge in order to make those rates that low mm. are going to get too high. Right. And as a result, sorry, my, my headset <laughs> fell off. <laughs> as a result, um, we are going to see those 199, the 199s be probably more standard, right? 199, 299. Um, got it. Hopefully, there's still a 149 out there, um, but maybe a bigger you know fee. But um, we'll, only time will tell. Okay. Right? So if that's the case, and you, there's a rep that has a customer on the fence, that's why the the message is the timing is right now. Yeah. So with this type of loan, they have ACH, uh, so payments auto draft. Mm-hmm out of there, which is great because you can set it and forget it. But then uh, the REM and thinking about that. So that's another big thing to bring up uh, with the customer. Uh, are you doing REM or non-REM? And what right. what number do I need to worry about for your monthly payment? And then the other question, whoops, I hit my mic, which is the big elephant in the room, is how do you talk about this product? Most products in the space 
that have a dealer fee? Because I know a lot of people shy away from that, and that's the most common question that I get is they get really concerned because a customer says, I want a cash quote, and I want a finance quote. Why are the totals different? Right. So I know you have some experience with mortgages in that when you used to be in that space, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a buy-down. A, a dealer fee is nothing more than buying the rate down. Can you explain that a little bit more in depth? So you have, um, you know, if you we, we talked about this the other day when we were looking at where the treasury bill is, where, what the rate is that the banks are borrowing the money from to lend to the solar customer, right? Mm-hmm. And they are borrowing the money at a higher rate than they're charging the customer. And if you just do the math, it, that would never make sense, right? If I, if I borrowed from a bank uh, a rate at 3%, let's say, right? How can I then take that money and lend it to somebody else at 2% or 1.49 and make money? Yeah, and why wouldn't you just give it to the, the Fed? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So the challenge there is is they have to charge these fees in order to get the rates competitive and get that payment down, which guarantees they're going to get the interest that they earn from the money over time because they charge it in a fee. So instead of giving somebody a 379 rate, which is what would they would need to in order to make money on the loan, mm-hmm. they give them a lower rate, but then charge them a fee, which gets tacked onto the loan so that they're guaranteed to make that money. Now, in the reality is if you go over the course of 25 years, you do pay 199 for that total loan amount, right? But that loan amount would be much less if you didn't have the dealer fee. Right, right. Because that's, that's the thing that people, when they put it in their quoting software where it's going to show the two different numbers. At least at least if they're transparent companies, it's right. going to show the two different numbers because people are going to ask questions of saying, "Hey, I thought this was a $50,000 system. Why is it showing up at 60 grand?" Right. Well, typically in most of the systems the rep will see that, but the proposal tool will only show them that because of the fair lending laws on what you can disclose with dealer fees. Yeah. Um, so it's one, all fun and games until they get their loan docs. Right. One practice that I've seen in the industry is um, this loan here has an instant rebate, and so it's a lower amount, right? But really what they're saying is this one doesn't have a dealer fee or has a lower dealer fee, and so the loan amount's smaller. So how did I? How come this one's 65 and my payment is X, but this loan amount's 60 and my payment is this? Right. Well, this, this loan product has an instant rebate of $5,000. <laughs> that's, that's the terminology they use Crazy. to rationalize that, right? I would be um, so pissed if I went to go buy a new car and they're like, oh, you want this finance option? It's going to add five grand to your total price. Sure. And I'd be like, absolutely not. What does that mean? So I, I know that that's happened to a lot of people, maybe some people listening. Mm-hmm. So how do you talk about what a dealer fee is with your customer? It's such a taboo thing. Um, most of the reps don't. <laughs> okay. Um, you're, you're, you mentioned it before. The only time they're having that conversation is if the customer asks for a cash quote. Yeah. And in that instance, well, if you go cash, I can discount it by X amount of dollars. Yeah. That's the only real way to kind of do it to, to be able to present it in a, in a way that's, that makes sense to the customer. Hey, the $65,000 loan, if you decide to pay cash, I can knock 12 grand off of it, whatever the dollar fee is. Yeah. Massive. Um, and of course, most people aren't buying solar with cash in the first place, so they're having to finance it. Um, you see that with uh, credit card fees, right? You, you know, most people use credit cards all the time, but when you go to try to make a major purchase, um, just say you're trying to buy solar with a credit card, right? A forty thousand dollars system, 
right? It's it, the, the, the company that's taking your credit card is going to be charged about 3%, right? So that's 12 grand or 1200 bucks, right? So $1,200 of fees that they weren't expecting because you're using a credit card, mm-hmm. right? So not to mention the other side of it where let's say 24.99% APR on your credit card. Right. So if you make the monthly payments on that and put it at term. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great. They're doing it for points, and they're just going to pay it off anyways with cash. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're buying it with, with the credit card. But right. the fees that are incurred is the same concept because you're financing it. Yeah. Right? Someone has to pay that down in order for it to, to work, right? <clears throat> Have you ever talked about buying down the rate with a customer? Because like this, this Goodly product that you're talking about, like this, what is it, 1.99, 25-year? Yep. Um, I'm sure it's got a dealer fee on it and probably, you know, varies a point or two from person to person. But how do you talk about the dealer fee with that product versus maybe another one? Let's say they quote that and, uh, something that's like a 20 year at a higher interest rate side by side. And they're like, Hey, why is the price different? It's hard. (laughs) Um, most of the reps are selling on payment. And so what they're, they're really trying to do is ask the customer questions like, what do you want? You want the lowest possible payment, and you're not concerned about the term. And that's when you're going to see more 30-year loan products out there because their customers are not concerned about the term. They're concerned about the payment. And it gets back to what we said earlier is 85% of the customers are going to be out of that loan anyways in the first five years. Yeah. Right? So if that's the case, they want to keep the payment down as low as possible. What they're missing is, you know, other options, right? And so... Um, educating the consumer about their financing options is a whole other topic, right? Yeah. But it's it's definitely um, part of this game, you know, the solar game. And so um, my take on it is knowing your lenders, right? Um, you know, it, and I told you this before, my, you know, when you're looking at financing stuff, sometimes there's, there's lenders out there that only use one credit bureau, mm. right? And not just one credit bureau, but one type of bureau in that like for example the fico 9 score from experian there's a lot of lenders that just use that score right which means if you have a mixed bag of credit right where your equifax is a higher score than your your experian right but you had a i don't know a late pay on something that doesn't show up on there right you would it would be advantageous for you to know your credit and know which one's your highest score and then figure out which lender uses that right Okay, well, maybe that's something we could dive into another and, time. And that's also what makes Goodleap attractive, is they use all three lenders and they use the highest of the score. So you right. don't have to kind of play that game. But <clears throat> their approval rate was something crazy. It was like off the charts when they did their, I don't know if, I don't know if Goodleap's a public company. I don't think they are. But I think they did some type of analysis versus somebody else, and it was like some crazy number, like 20% more approvals right. happen with them versus somebody else. Um, and that's that's probably going to stay that way because of, of the way that these solar finance companies are structured. Right? Got it. I mean, there's um, it's a lot, right? Like I said, um, you know, even what are the effects of having a solar loan post the install, right? Uh, for people that are trying to, I don't know, um, buy investment properties or other things. Mm-hmm. Screws know, their DTI up. It can mess their DTI up. Yeah. So it, it'd be kind of nice to know if there's a lender out there. Um, who has doesn't show up on the credit. It's crazy how many things you have to worry about when you're just talking about solar. It's like, 
you got to know finance. You have to know taxes a little bit. You got to know equipment. You have to know sales. You have to know everything. There's so many options. Right. Which is what makes it crazy that they'll take somebody and, and say, drop them off in a neighborhood and start knocking doors <laughs> and expect them to know everything. Right. Yeah. It, it takes some time. Right. Um, and it doesn't matter what area of the business you're in. Right. So if you're in leech jan or operations, you still need to know all these concepts. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, even the people that work at the bank need to understand it a little bit. Right. We work with some lenders that that really don't understand the whole tax part. And so if the customer asks questions about that, they're like, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. Can be which can be, can, you know, concerning if if uh, if you're about to borrow that much money from a right. uh, lending institution. So so this product specifically and maybe maybe we'd say Goodlieben as a whole, at least for their longer-term products, would be the most beneficial for someone looking for that lower monthly payment to beat out utility or utility alone to where, you, would you say that they could maybe get like a 10 to 20% savings using something like a Goodlieb loan at a 25-year, this 25-year 199 product? That's where I would start with, and so you can show true savings, you know, with the 25-year 199, say, here's what your savings, right? Now, pivoting to products like the 36-month flex pay, which will give them a better savings, is okay, in my opinion, as long as you didn't lead with that, and the reality is, after the REAM, the savings isn't there. Right. We just did one um, in the, uh, just a little earlier today. Mm-hmm. And the customer wanted, <laughs> what did he have? A two hundred, a two hundred dollar monthly average. Yeah, I was telling you about this earlier. He had a two hundred dollar monthly average, and he wanted to save a hundred dollars a month. And then with that FlexPay product, that I think it was a thirty six, um, he was saving like eighty bucks right. of that, which was massive, by the way. Mm-hmm. But he wanted a hundred, right. and I was like, dude, that's fifty percent. There's no way that we're gonna get there. And then post your your introductory rate after your flex pay area, You're it's only gonna saving, go up. Yeah, and so I think after the flex pay is over, he's saving, you know, twenty bucks a month or something like that. Yeah, what you what, saw the proposal? Yeah. Is. What What's interesting is the different salespeople that will uh, how they go about explaining that to the customer. Yeah. Obviously, the misleading thing is to just show them the flex pay and not talk about the REAM, right? But is it? How long are you going to be in this home before you refi or sell this house? Is a better question. How long do I need to save you that $100 a month? Yeah. If I, only need, if I can save you 80 bucks a month for the next three years and then you refi or sell this house, is that good enough? I hate to be like the evil guy here, but I'm just going to say it because this is an honest take and we're not like officially supporting anything or anybody. Right. It feels like an arm. Yeah. And um, we saw what happened with arms, right? <laughs> um, Not good. But the... Because the, 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 they weren't explained. They weren't explained, but they were also dealing with, um, when you look at DTI, right? Most homeowners, uh, when they're dealing with the arm, that's their biggest expense. And for those that don't know, it means adjustable rate mortgage. Yes. So if, you, if you're dealing with a mortgage that's going to go from 2000 to 2500 um, that's a lot different story than a $180 solar loan that's going to 250 But wouldn't it still, it still affect your DTI? When it the does still affect up? your DTI. It does still affect uh, a lot of things. It, it probably isn't going to force you into foreclosure yeah. or bankruptcy. I mean, not, definitely not with, you know, I'm increasing $40. Right. But that same concept, like you said, is similar to what we saw with, 
with adjustable rate mortgages and how they affected it when they when they reamortized. Um, because that's because that's two reamortizations. If I mean technically, I mean I guess one is the interest only, right? Or no, no interest, no interest introductory period, eighteen thirty six month, whatever. Right. And then you have the opportunity at that point to put in the tax rebate. Which could be anywhere from one to twenty six percent of the total system cost, or above that, right? To buy down the loan and then ream at that point, and then there's another point, right? If you have like a thirty six flex pay, where that's going to change again, right? So, and all that's going to happen is just interest is going to tack on at that thirty seventh month. Mm -hmm. So, if you don't explain something like that properly, I mean, I could I could see a customer calling back and saying, hey, take this thing off yeah. of my house because yeah. you lied to me. Right. That's the the biggest um, stain in the solar industry is getting people to realize, like, you do not need. And that's the, the, you know, once you start learning everything, you can do it right, make good living, and help people. Um, but just like with anything, right, it can be abused, right? And so, so car salesmen got that yeah. shitty rap. Yeah. You know, and just, people buy cars all the time. Yep. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with someone making money when you buy a car. Absolutely not. Right? But there's a there's there's limits, right? And in an unregulated industry, right? There's some stuff that happens, right? So that's the word that nobody listening to this wants to hear mm-hmm. is regulation, right. <laughs> because unfortunately, it's probably coming sure. at some point to what all these loan products are and what you're able to do and some sort of disclosure at least. There's got to be something coming. Yeah, my background in finance was was really about um, a consumer advocacy type thing, really righting a wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Educating consumers about financial products. Um, there's some financial products out there just in general that you should stay away from, and the general public doesn't know that, right? So um, that consumer advocacy and regulations, uh, unfortunately, at some point will probably come. And here's the good news. Those that are, are are using their skills in this industry to educate themselves on all the different products and how they work, and then doing the right thing for the consumer, when it, regulations come and adjustments are made, they'll be fine. Yeah. Because they're already doing it the right way. Yeah. Right. And then eventually all the, the people that are taking advantage of people will, will kind of get filtered out of the industry. So. Well, that's that's actually good ammunition to tell on kind of a thing that can set people apart in the finance space. Like if you actually spend the time <clears throat> and learn all this stuff and ask the questions, because the information's out there. I mean, right. they, they publish a lot of the stuff they want you to know. But if you spend the time and learn all this stuff to properly inform your customer, um, you're going to be basically unfazed when changes occur. You know what's crazy, Tyler, is <clears throat> as an account manager, right, I have to um, – help the sales reps with logins for all the different financial companies, right? And sometimes when I go in there to reset a password or whatever, I'll, I'll start playing around in it, and I'll see things like uh, resources, mm-hmm. and I'll down- open it, and I'm like, look at all these PDF <laughs> and video trainings. Are you kidding me? There is so much stuff for the rep to just learn right through their portal, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's amazing that, that they don't spend the time doing that, right? I know um, we'll probably share this this podcast with people that are anxious to go make a bunch of money in solar, and they're going to listen to the first five minutes, and then tune out, right? And th- mm-hmm. that's the difference between those that you know go on and become successful winners, and and those that this isn't for, right? But um, the tools are definitely there 
for yeah. the person that's wanting to, you know, to dive in and, and make it happen. Um, but it takes time to grasp all these, these different concepts and uh, hopefully shows like this will, will help. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If I was brand new listening to all the stuff we just talked about with finance companies, I'd be like, dude, you've got like a fire hydrant attached to it, like a hose going right in my mouth. Like this is way too much. I might retain 70% of it. So, but that's okay because every single little bit helps. Even if it's, Hey, I only, I only really cared about half of what these guys talked about. Right. Hey, that, that's great. Um, because there's a lot of people out there that aren't doing anything for themselves to further themselves in a space or in a career. For the ones that are, are, are looking for the information, they find stuff like this. If they just listen to it over and over again, they'll get it and, and they can get to that next level. Um, well, and as they get experience time. with it too. Yeah. It just takes time. Yeah. You know, I remember uh, first getting involved in this industry and sitting down and, and feeling overwhelmed. Um, Oh, can I get this? Can I get these technical concepts, right? Like I'm really not a techie and here I'm in this technology industry, right? Um, but really all it took was time, you know, listening to it over and over again. Oh, and then the light bulb goes off, starting to make sense. Um, that's what uh, I feel like if, if I can help any sales rep out there get things going is, is don't stop until the light bulb turns on, right? When you start to finally get it. Cause that's the only time you know whether or not you're going to have any success here. Yeah. And a lot of people, unfortunately, they, they're out the door. Uh, this isn't for me because of, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm too overwhelmed. I'm not getting it. And they don't give themselves the benefit of the doubt of just taking some time to really learning it. Yeah. Also taking like bite-sized portions helps mm-hmm. where you're like, I don't need to know all the ins and outs of finance or installation, I need to get a deal, right? <laughs> I need to go talk to people mm-hmm. and fall on my face a couple times and get told, uh, no, you're wrong. That's not how the solar thing works. It works like this. And you're like, okay, <laughs> and move on to the next one. But it gets you that experience face to face to where now you're more comfortable and you're asking yourself those questions and you're like, I don't want to be caught off guard next time. Mm-hmm. Let me get that piece. Yeah, I mean, when we come across sales reps that are, you know, maybe new to solar, but they've been around in sales or other things for a while, and they're a homeowner, um, that's the first thing that that I share with them is like, you need to own this because you need to build a system for yourself, put it on, see how it works, and understand it. Because otherwise, you know, when you're out there selling, if you know, you can always reference. Well, when I got my system, here's what I did. Yep, makes it a whole lot easier. So, if you are in solar in at least three months, and you own your house, and you don't have solar on your house, I'm not buying from you. Heck no. <laughs> you know, I, I sold insurance for, for many years and recruited a lot of uh, representatives to sell insurance. And, you know, it's a lot less expensive product. You don't need to qualify. As, well, you still have to qualify, but um, they had to own it. <laughs> Otherwise, they can't sell it, right? And so, um, yeah, I'm very, very much a fan of, of selling something you believe in. Right. And if I was dealing with a representative who owns a home and doesn't have it, I would be very sus. Yeah. Yeah. Especially someone that didn't know some of the finance stuff as we got down there. So right. maybe bring a, bring a pal along that can explain it in depth sure. if it's your first one. Um, but speaking back on the product and the stuff that is also happening with uh, current events and rates increasing and stuff. Uh, so number one, I want to state something out there is that while I might seem like a naysayer of finance products, it's a great tool. And I specifically really like 
the stuff that you mentioned and the product that you brought up, which is like their 199 25 year. Right. Fantastic product. People love it. They, they, they use it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, my team uses it all the time. Right. Um, and it's really useful for customers that might not, even if they have 30 grand, 50 grand, whatever to put to a system, you know, money is so cheap at 1.99%. Right. Why wouldn't you just put it into a loan? Cause you're paying your utility anyway. So if you can help beat that and it's already there and allotted in your budget, then it really unfazes you. It's not going to affect the way that you live. A bill swap. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, um, so that's nice. But on the rate increase, as things get more and more expensive, I still think the play will be fine. Like whether it was, you know, one point nine nine or two point nine nine or hell even five point nine nine, whatever it is. Here's what the sales reps don't realize yet. They're gonna they're gonna sell a product to the consumer that the consumer will buy, and it's gonna be based on how much money you save them. Yep. And if rates go up, all that's gonna mean for the sales rep, unfortunately, is they're gonna have to discount their commissions a little bit to make it make sense. Some of them, yeah. Right. And so, again, not to beat a dead horse, but if you have a customer on the fence right now, I would definitely call them. <laughs> yeah. Because when the rates go up, you are gonna have to make up for that by by being more competitive in the marketplace and we're going to try to savings yeah sorry to interrupt you but we're, we're going to try to rush this thing out too so that way people can get this information and hopefully by the time you're hearing this yeah it's, it's not, not too, too late, late but <laughs> <laughs> um but you know if it is then just know that if it can happen once it can happen again yes and and it's i think when we you were talking the other day about um was it every three months that the feds get together? I don't know what that I think it was John that was is. talking about this, but um, it's not like they do it once a year, right? So there's it's frequent that they're they're figuring out what's going on with rates. And so it might not be this first little hike might not be the end of it. And so the worst thing that could happen for us is, you know, we get a little bump in increase and then another six months later it's another bump in increase. Uh, and maybe that's what regulates this industry itself is just the rates going up. The commissions are going to have to come down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be uh, to show our savings, especially, right. you know, and someone that someone that's showing like a realistic proposal. Mm-hmm. But I also want to mention and, and bounce back to what you brought up as earlier on in, in the episode, which was um, that there's never been a better time. If you if you really like lay everything out, it's mm-hmm. like, what do I know that's going to rise? Like, obviously, with all the shipping problems and material shortages and whatever get more expensive yep equipment's gonna rise no matter what that's gonna happen which at the end of the day to sales reps it's probably gonna affect like a red line or something like that they're gonna before you get into all that if you understand like the equipment's getting um the trend normally is that the advancement in technology is going to make it cheaper the only thing that stops that trend is stuff that's going on in the world right now so where normally we would see you know a 450 watt panel uh, coming up next year, right at a at a base price, mm-hmm. that may not be the case because of supply chain. Yeah. So if if things continue to get more expensive on the supply, you know, shipping all the stuff you're talking about, uh, and then you can just rattle off all the other issues that are coming up, and that's what makes it you know, important today. Yep. So they're probably not going to get lower, at least in the interim. Right. I mean, that's what we see. I mean, you go to buy a car, and they're like, "Sorry, it's going to be like this for like two years." Right. Um. So that's number one. So it's never going to be cheaper than it is now for equipment, at least for the at least for the not the next couple years. Yeah. And then finance rates. 
are historically low. I mean, if you had a mortgage in the 1970s, I mean, you're what? Above 10%? It's almost like putting it on a credit card, Mm -hmm. something like that. So historically low. Um, And then the next one is utility rates. They go up every single year. Mm-hmm. which means that they're never going to be lower for a customer right now. And the reason that matters specifically is because of buying energy at night. When you're talking about um, credits, let's say you're in a state that's you know net metering or whatever, or also just any place, period. And the federal tax rebate at 26%. Mm-hmm. And then the equipment efficiency and like the modules. Like, you know, I know that uh, what you're using is a 400 watt, module right now as a base offering so that i mean i just i even remember a couple of years ago where most people were offering in the 300 range in the low 300s yep. for their base so if you look at like all of those different factors for a customer it's never been there's never been a better time to buy and there probably won't be a better time and it's the same for the rep there's never been a better time to sell it that's true you know, because you're you're when you look at the compensation for selling it, when things get worse, you're the first one that's going to have to make some of the adjustments. You got to make the cut. Yep. Yep. So you know, you fast forward to January of 2023. What does this look like? Lots of variables. Don't know what the tax credit's going to be. Don't know what supply chain's going to be. Don't know what the rates are going to be. I wouldn't wait. Yeah. Yeah. The utility rates too. I mean, just at that. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's wild. So use that as some ammunition. Maybe oh, if you absolutely. take anything out of what John and I talked about today. In, in the last, uh, I'd say, 42, you know, 44 hours, whatever it is, the last two days, we've probably seen, um, because of news about rates going up, five or six uh, new signed deals simply because of the conversation that the rep had. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that rates are going up. If they're on the fence and they're already working to kind of buy, it's no different than locking in your rate for your mortgage. Hey, you're, you're, you're still buying a house, right? Yeah. So when are you going to lock that rate in? Now or after it rises? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so that, that's some good, like, um, some good keywords there to mention, too, is like lock in your rate, right. grandfather your rate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what are the other ones? Well, and the thing is, is it you know most of the installations aren't going to happen overnight, right? So um, it's going to take thirty, sixty days, right. whatever, depending and on where 30, you are. Thirty, sixty days, it can be completely different than it is right now. That's true. So. Well, you hopefully didn't hear it here first, but right. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> right? Is if you got anybody on the fence, uh, I would let them know. Right. Um, and uh, and hopefully they. They make a move. And, you know, our hopes for the entire industry as a, as a whole is that uh, more products come out, uh, specifically being in our segment of The Honest Take, is that more financial products come out in a creative way um, to help these customers further and also help sales reps sell the product. Yep. I think the the installers uh, are going to start getting a little more creative. You know, um, who knows what it looks like. Yeah, internal financing, stuff like that. It's probably in the future. Yeah, there's already quite a few companies that have that. So, cool. Well, thank you for going over the uh, that Goodly product. And mm-hmm. I think we covered a lot of other stuff right. in that time, too. <laughs> but um, 
uh, I think it's all really relevant, related right. to the same thing. So, um, and obviously they have a, a host of other products that we didn't even really cover. Right. Um, but for those popular ones that get used all the time, we'll uh, reach like, out and get get uh, get one of the representatives on on the show. Yeah, and we can ask them these questions too. I don't know how happy they'll be about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll be able to kind of uh, give us the real scoop of what's going on though. So yeah, that's what, definitely that's what our reps need. Cool. Okay. Um, well, I think that's all that John and I have. Sorry for uh, going on so long, but we have a we have a lot to talk about. Um, but what's in store for our next show? Want to give give them a little teaser? Yeah. Good question. Um, well, we have a huge, like a large plethora of topics to talk about for basic stuff. I mean, we we just kind of skimmed the surface with like tax credits. We didn't even talk about things like sales tactics or motivation or storage. I mean, people get asked about storage all the time. Right. Um, you know, all the different equipment out there and whatnot. So I don't know which one. What are we going to cover? Well, we'll leave. We'll let. We'll keep them guessing on on what we're going to cover. But I do want to talk about the guests that we're going to have next week. Who's our guest um, next week? They're brand new sales reps, right? So these are these are not guys like like Shaq who've been in the industry for a while. We're gonna take some of our um, new reps that are into the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Their first couple months in, and really get the the you know the listeners to see from their perspective what they're going through, right? Um, we may even have a, a couple of uh, um, sales reps, and then maybe even some people that are on the leech gen side, kind of just share their perspective Ooh. of it as well. Some people in the thick of it. Yes. Nice. Well, they can also share the challenges they're facing, specifically with all this stuff, too. And then we'll see how many times we catch them using the definitions wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a counter. Right. <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen to this before they... <laughs> they want them to so that they're, they're ready, but... Yeah. They're like, let me study up on this yeah. real quick. Yeah, that'll be cool. So we're going to have a panel next week? Yeah. Panel three. Wow. That'll be neat. All right. Cool. Well, I'm really excited for that. And, uh, and we got a bunch of other stuff to cover, so... Um, uh, yeah, stay tuned uh, to more stuff. We're going to release it as soon as we can. We'll try to let it hit the ground as soon as we're done filming yep. um, a lot of this stuff and uh, and get it in the hands of all you guys so you can, you know, sit behind the windshield and as you're driving around, run appointments right. or God knows what. Sure. Um, hopefully listen to us jabber. Yep. And thanks again to uh, InFace. Yeah. Thank you, InFace. That's, uh, that's pretty cool uh, for you to do that. Can't wait to have you on the show. So, um, all right. Well, I think that about does it for us. So, uh, we're going to sign off here, but uh, please stay tuned and, and uh, keep an eye out for any future episodes that we have releasing. Uh, we'll put them on all channels so it's accessible to everybody. So. Perfect. Looking forward to it. All right. <laughs>